0: Luke chapter 1, verse 26. During Elizabeth's sixth month of pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. And he sent her to a virgin. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph from the family of David. Her name was Mary. The angel came, verse 28, to her and said, Greetings. Imagine how alarming that would be. The Lord has blessed you and is with you. And in one of the greatest understatements in the whole Bible, Mary was very startled by what he said and wondered what this greeting might mean. In verse 30, the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. God has shown you his grace. Listen, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son and his name will be Jesus. Verse 32, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High The Lord God will give him the throne of King David, his ancestor. He will rule over the people of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. And Mary said to the angel, "Uh, what? (laughs) How will this happen since I'm a virgin? The, The angel said to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will cover you. And for this reason, the baby will be holy and will be called the Son of God. And now Elizabeth Your relative is also pregnant with a son, though she is very old. Everyone thought that she couldn't have a baby, but she's been pregnant for six months. God can do anything. And then Mary said, I am the servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me, as you say. If you've got a King James Version, it probably says, be it unto me according to thy word. And then the angel went away. Jesus, would you give us? insight into your word this morning as we are just so grateful for you writing yourself into our lives and allowing us to be written into your story. I pray today that your words would become real to us as we think through and ponder what it means for us to also be blessed and highly favored and the implications of that. In Jesus' name, amen. This is my family. Aren't they great? Yeah. Yeah. Right? My wife was at a, a little sale yesterday, and a lady from our neighborhood said that when we first moved in, she saw her picture on the Facebook, and she thought, Oh, he's just, he, what, how sweet, he's a single dad. True story. Yesterday at the bouncy house, my uh, 21-year-old daughter was in charge of the bouncy house for a little bit, and there was a 13-year-old young man in there, and he was kind of getting a little carried away, so she called him on it, you know, hey, you need to calm down, and, and he basically starts giving her lip. What are you, you can't tell me what to do, you can't. And she was really incensed by that whole thing until she figured out later that he thought she was 14, <laughs> and just being a bossy teenager. And the and the truth is is the uh, the genetics of this are pretty good. She is my wife is of uh, Scandinavian descent, a Norwegian bloodline of that. And that seemed if you like her uh, high school yearbook it was like a clone shop up there. Like they're all blonde-haired, green-eyed Nordic goddesses. <laughs> because of the the whole genetics thing in play. Um, And I apparently got a Baldwin thing going on in my genetics. So somewhere God (laughs) brought this together. The genetics that are at play in all of our lives, the DNA, the uh, geneticists are saying, plays a role in so much in who we are. Recent studies are showing that it could play as much as a 50% part of even who our personality is, of who we are. And as I was reading this story of Mary, and they, they play the, the part all the way back to, golly, back from Adam and through Abraham and all the way to Mary, when most of us aren't blessed enough to be able to trace our heritage back. Have, have any of you guys done the little DNA kit where you get it in the mail, you spit in something and mail, you, mail your spit? I don't know who has to do that job, the spit guy, <laughs> put that in there. But it's because inside of us we kind of want to know where we're from and and where we've come from. And and what I'm intrigued by is that Mary gets to know something. We get to know about Mary something that I wish we could know this side of heaven, I believe, on the other side. And that was what the psalmist said in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16, is that you made my whole being. You formed me in my mother's body. And I praise you because you made me in an amazing and a wonderful way. What you have done is wonderful, and I know it very well. You saw my bones being formed as I took shape in my mother's body. And when I was put together there, you saw my body as it was formed. And this is the part I love, out verse 16. All the days planned for me were written in your book before I was one day old. And I was wondering this week, I wonder how long before. Like, is it like God's got a factory, you know, like Lucy with the chocolates, and that's just, he's like, oh no, I got to. There goes a Bonnie chocolate. I got to get it. No, I think it's way different than that. I think that it's not just like the day you were born, he hands out your instruction manual of who you're going to be. I believe before means before, if God is infinite. And in Mary, we get to see that. And that what God was doing is what science was kind of confirming is that he was able to use the building blocks of her genealogy, her geography, her chronology, and all those are what writes her biography. And I believe that that is what is still happening today. See, Mary's genealogy, we can trace all the way back to the book of Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, which is where we hear the word from uh, scholars, proto-evangelicum, which is basically a word you use to justify a seminary degree. I've I've learned a lot. i got to know that word. All that word means is uh, the, the first mention of the gospel. But in that Proto-Evangelicum, Genesis 3.15, God says to Eve, your seed will crush his head, speaking of Satan. The first mention of a plan that would be enacted that would lead all the way from the garden to Mary. Her plan, before the first you were one day old, Mary, I had a plan for you. And it would be God saying, I'm gonna make it so that this plan is gonna be put in motion. I'm gonna split it down to 50% of the population. It's gonna come through a female not through a male. And maybe Eve didn't even understand the biology of the fact that she didn't have a seed, but she would understand, Mary would certainly understand, that it meant that a virgin would give birth miraculously. And it wasn't just 50% of the population. He would narrow it down to one strand of it through a guy named Abraham And in Genesis 22, 18. But not just through Abraham, Abraham's son, who he would give birth to when he was very old. Abraham did what you did, what I do, which is he... Hey, this doesn't seem like God's really coming through for me, so I'm going to help him. And he gives, he makes a little baby named Ishmael. And at one point in Genesis, he says, "Oh God, let Ishmael be the one." He knew that there was going to be a promise that was going to come through him that his uh, seed would bless all of the nations. Let it be Ishmael, but God said, "No, it has to be Isaac." And I wonder how much of that was because there was a specific DNA, a specific genetic makeup that He was looking to have in Mary throughout the millennia that would come to her and it would go through Isaac and not through Ishmael. And not just through Isaac. and not, uh, Isaac would give birth to some sons, Jacob and Esau. The oldest, it makes sense that it would be him, but it wasn't, it was Jacob. And I take a lot of hope in that because Jacob was a heel snatcher. He was a liar, he was a conniver. He was a guy that was always screwing everybody. And then one of the greatest twists of fate ever, Jacob is gonna get his... his beautiful wife, Rachel. He did everything he could. He worked seven years for Rachel. And his father-in-law, Laban, totally ripped him off, hosed him. And he wakes up next to Leah. And Leah, bless her heart, would live a life of sadness. But Leah would give birth to a, a son named Judah. And Jesus would be a lion of the tribe of Judah. You see, God's will, we can try all we want to. I am not smart enough to get out of it, and I'm not too dumb <laughs> to fall away from it. He'll figure it out. He nudges us in to where he needs us to be, and he needed Leah to be in that bloodline, and that bloodline would go on through Jesse, through David, and all the way up to, and what I think is beautiful, in this genealogy, in this genetic makeup, you can follow it to Joseph, and you can follow it to Mary. In Matthew, it's following it all the way to Joseph. In Luke, it's following it all the way to Mary on both sides. they Genetic gene- uh, genealogy was exactly what God needed it to be for a young woman named Mary to say yes, be it unto me. And it wasn't just her genealogy; I believe it was also her her geography. You see, the Bible said that they would he would be uh, from Bethlehem. There's a prophecy in Micah, but but Mary was from Nazareth, and. and Matthew tells us that the prophets, everybody just knew that he would be called a Nazarene. So how does a Nazarene be born in Bethlehem, right? Her geography, she was in this little backwater town. The Bible says, I think it was Philip or Nathaniel said, does anything good come out of Nazareth? And I don't know where you were raised, but that's what people said about my town. Does anything good come out of Nebraska? Nebraska? Is anything good? In in the I Heart Spring Hill page, which is a beautiful drama being written written every day. They joke about the being on the Columbia, the Murray County side, the seedy side of town. And you guys that live on the seedy side of town, unite. (laughs) I was from the seedy side of town. I wasn't necessarily from on the wrong side of the tracks. I was from on the tracks, like, like on, literally on the tracks. That's where our house was. We would take pennies and quarters and lay them on the tracks and let the trains come and squish them, which my kids have done. They thought that was the greatest thing they've ever seen, and I, we just took it for granted. But in a little town, Superior, Nebraska, named with no sense of irony, where I was raised, Jesus was raised in this little town called Nazareth. That's where Mary was raised. And what's important about that when you think about the geography of it is those people are family. They're tight with each other. And not only that, but it's a little town. So I was in a town of about 1,500. My graduating class had about 50, of which 25 were, were females. Now putting in motion that idea, if there's only 400 people in the town of Nazareth at that time, that would mean there might have been 10 to 15 girls that could even possibly have been who it was. And of those, how many of them would have been a virgin betrothed to someone from the family of David also? I would say to you, only one. It was Mary. And it was her story and her geography that was what made it who she was and put her in a position to be the one that God had spoken of thousands of years before. And not just her genealogy, not just her geography, But the chronology of it is everything. The timing of when she was to be born was perfect. See, Daniel chapter 9 speaks of this prophecy where there was 173,880 days from the moment this was spoken to the time that Jesus would present himself, Messiah would present himself. And scholars that are much smarter than I and that have much better tweed jackets than I could ever dream of have done the math and figured out that that 173,880 days was the exact day that Jesus would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey and declaring himself as king. Mary's chronology was the perfect timing. It says in there that it was six months into Elizabeth's pregnancy that she, was, that she found out. See, Elizabeth was given birth to a guy named John who was called and prophesied as well that he would come. He would prepare the way that the spirit of Elijah would come first. Everything about what happened with Jesus, the timing was everything in Galatians? If you doubt, it tells us that in the fullness of time, Galatians chapter four, in the fullness of time that God, uh, the woman would give birth to the Son of God. That the full, in other words, all the time I've filled it up. There's no more time. This was the perfect time for Jesus to be born. The chronology was everything. And what I am saying to you this morning is really quite simple: Mary's biography was written by God. Verse 38, she says, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me as you say. If you're King James Bible, it says, be it unto me according to your word. And what we learn from Mary's Christmas was that her history... The, the genetic makeup thousands of years before was being written and put in, things were being put in motion that would lead her to the perfect place in the perfect time. She was the right person in the right place at the right time. And I believe that that is your story as well. That things are happening. I think it's John Piper that says that God is doing a thousand things at any moment and you may be aware of two of them. To put it differently, the great poet Rascal Flatts, um, God bless the broken road that led me straight to you. The reason a song like that speaks to like, platinum records is because we all can look back and say, oh, I get that. Because in our own lives, we can look back and see that it wasn't just that I happened to go on a mission trip when I was 16 years old with a guy named Ron Luce, and in my uh, room in Guatemala for a whole summer was a guy named Brian Van Bruggen, who was an 18-year-old at Oral Roberts University, who just happened to be from a town of 1,000 people in Park River, North Dakota, where my wife was from. It, It isn't just that I would go to work at a little restaurant with a lady that was from park river north dakota where my wife was from it isn't just that a lady named bonnie would come to work there and say you know you really should ask out shannon i think she'd say yes It's like don't tease me because because <laughs> i'll do that right now i got white Hart tickets It isn't just that. It was that long before any of those things were happening, some Scandinavian somebody loaded up a Viking boat and came to the United States. It's that my ancestors who were headed to Oregon looked in Nebraska and said, this will do. That's good enough. Quitters. My ancestors were quitters. They... They didn't even wait till it got hard. Like they're like It's that before any of those things God was putting things in motion long before ancestors that happened to put us in a place that brought us together. And if you look back into your history, the good, the bad, and the ugly all works together. God does not waste your pain. We've shared it here before, but it's worth remembering that it was Jacob that really wanted Rachel so bad, and he did anything to get her. And, and he had to work an extra seven years, and he made Leah miserable for her entire life. And he gets Rachel, and Rachel, she's making him miserable now. She's like, Give me children, else I'll die. She's just angry. Just anything, just give me kids. And of course, what happens is she has two boys, and she dies childbirth but what's interesting to me is in Genesis 49 at the end of Jacob's life Jacob is prophesying over his children and he says I'm getting ready to go to be gathered to my ancestors and he says bury me with Leah Leah was God's will for him the whole time and even in the brokenness and in the hurt and the pain even in Rachel she would give birth to a son named Joseph and Joseph would save all of Israel and keep them alive long enough. Where I'm getting going with this is that if you can look back into your history and know that God has been in charge of it the whole time, then you can certainly trust him with your destiny. That he wants to write you into his story, the greatest story ever being told. And it's a story of you being written in. See, there was a Russian cosmonaut named Yuri Gagarin. Garrigan, Garrigan, that one. Who was the first cosmonaut in space? And Nikita Khrushchev, after he came back, said, "Hey, we have gone to the stars and we've gone to the heavens, and God isn't there." C.S. Lewis said that if you are a character in a play of Shakespeare, if you're Hamlet, for instance, you can't go to the rafters to find Shakespeare. You don't go to the audience to see who Shakespeare is. The only way Hamlet ever knows who Shakespeare is is if the author writes himself into the story. And in this moment of Emmanuel, God with us was God writing himself into our story. And God is still writing himself. Because Christ was in Mary, Christ can be in you. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And if there's anything that Christmas tells us is that you were perfectly, genetically, geographically, chronologically created for the biography that Jesus wants to write for you. And is continuing to write, which is a story of Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, Mary said, I, I, I'm blessed and highly favored. And she, she thought about, man, what does that mean for me? It, that is the question. Because of Christ, you are blessed and highly favored favored. Not because Mary obeyed, right? She didn't do this so she could be blessed and highly favored. When Christ enters you, you are blessed and highly favored. And what are the implications of that? The implications is that a guy that looks at you, a God, an entity that looks at you and says you are blessed and highly favored, that whatever story he's writing, you it's good. It's going to be a great one. And we're going to take a little moment at the end here to worship a little while longer. The communion elements are available because what is communion if, if nothing else but a reminder of Christ in me? Take my, This is my body. Take it into me. And the Holy Spirit, what did it say happened to Mary? That the Holy Spirit will hover over you. And I believe with all of my heart that the Holy Spirit is still hovering today. And so as we participate today in these Elements of communion. I would encourage you to participate. Have a moment with God. You're going to look, this week is going to be crazy busy. And we all know it. We don't like it, but it will be. Some of you are th- raging against it, and good for you. The rest of us are playing catch up. But for today, for these next few minutes, disconnect from all of that. Invite the Holy Spirit to come. Welcome the Holy Spirit. The implications are that he is good. He wrote himself into your story. He writes himself into Mary's story. He writes us all into each other's story. And someday we will sit around a campfire in heaven looking back going, that's why Eurastus Comstock stopped in Oak, Nebraska. Because <laughs> he had this thing, and before that. And I here, I believe this too, that we'll be able to look back and say, hey, When Jesus resurrected the disciples went into Jerusalem and Peter preached a sermon and there's a guy named Philip and he met this guy from Ethiopia and he goes back to Ethiopia and he meets this guy and the the genealogy of your spirituality will lead to the cross and here's the beautiful thing your genealogy continues that Christ in you and me is the hope of glory that we will continue that generations from now should God tarry so Jesus tarry and not return soon that will look to the future bud you will look to the future and say wow that was what this all was about you know what i love about the christmas story is it's a teenager and it's an older person and both of them were still saying yes to god elizabeth she's old she can't she's there's nothing left her, her life is behind her oh, no 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 not when jesus is right in the story If you think you've wasted those years, man, invite the Holy Spirit to come on you today to be inside of you, that Christ in you is the hope of glory. Take this body broken for me, this blood that was shed for you. Take it inside of you. Let the Holy Spirit wash over you today. God, Emmanuel, God with you. Jesus, we invite you to be a part of us today, that your Holy Spirit would infiltrate inside of us. What a glorious idea. (laughs) Our genealogy, our geography, our chronology, it's all your building blocks for this biography that you're writing with the Holy Spirit all over us. We invite you to move all over us today, Father. And might all of us say the simple prayer of Mary, be it unto its father.